What's up, everybody? Happy Sunday. We're here back with another best of the week of all the things that you can find in this podcast feed, starting with my favorite thoughts on this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. All right. Whoa. 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 (laughs) I... (sighs) Out of the list of possibilities of people who are going to be returning under the Triple H regime, if you had asked me if I thought Gallows and Anderson were two people that were possibilities, I would have said, you are out of your mind. (laughs) I would have said, you're out of your mind. These guys were so mad when they got released from the company last time. And I did their exit interview with them for their YouTube interview where they specifically said things about Triple H. Really mean things about Triple H. So I was shocked to see them come out, even with the rumors I had seen earlier in the day on social media. I was shocked. I need to know what changed. Because I think there's one specific thing that was said in the podcast I did with them years ago. And and it's the one thing that I could see being the thing that brings them back. But I don't want to put words in their mouth. I want to hear it from them. So I'm going to wait till they do an interview. I'm going to try to get them out on out of character. I'm going to see what I can do. Because I have done a big interview with them before. I did their big exit interview where they went full shoot status. And now I'd really like to do their return interview and find out what changed, man. What changed once Triple H took over. Beyond that, man, I am so pumped about this. I felt like the, the club didn't deserve to get released when they did. Gallows and Anderson were killing it at the time. They were doing good work with AJ. And I just kind of felt like they never really got the 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 I just never felt like they were treated with respect for what they had done outside the company and I think that Triple H obviously does have respect for what these guys have done outside the company otherwise he wouldn't have want them back probably wouldn't have tried to bring them in in the first place originally and so I'm into this I'm into this AJ Styles needed something new too he's actually kind of been in limbo since they left he's done good things don't get me wrong but it's always felt like he needed, not, I shouldn't say needed, that's the wrong word. I've wanted, I, what's a better way of wording this? I'm saying this on the fly here, so give me a break. <laughs> it's just felt like he'd be better off with a group around him, with the club around him like he had been. And it just kind of felt like he was doing good work, obviously. But I think when he's at the club around him, he looks like he's enjoying himself more than anything. And right now, like, the vibe of WWE is fun, man. Like, right after this happened, I tweeted that WWE is so fun again. This is such a great time to be a fan. And I think that one of the things you can... that, that That's showing that message on WWE TV is that the wrestlers all seem to be enjoying themselves right now. No one looks to be walking on thin ice. No one's on eggshells. No one's worried about getting fired. They're all worried about putting out the most creative shows. And that's what we're seeing as fans. And it's 
infectious. It's such a great time to watch the product. I am enjoying it so, so much. I think when you bring back people like Bray Wyatt, The Club, Dakota Kai, Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, you know, all these things are happening. You're bringing back all these people. And for years, for the past couple years, with all the big releases that were going on, fan fan faith in the product was was dwindling. Like, not like no one was watching, but people were like bummed that all their favorites were getting let go. And now that people are coming back, the shows are, are, are feel so different in the in the last three months. I think the fan interest is rising to a level that that is making everything so enjoyable again. And it's like I wasn't enjoying it before. There were things to enjoy. I always look for the positives. But man, dude, like these shows are just action-packed, wall-to-wall stuff happening, character development that we haven't seen since the 90s, in my opinion, since the Attitude Era, where every segment was just jam-packed with character development, storylines, things happening, good matches, returns, um, you know, just all these things. And it just like, it, it makes watching the show so enjoyable. You really feel like you have no idea what's going to happen until it happens on watching while you're watching the show. And that is such a good thing. It makes me as a fan happy. All right. Well, then we, after that, we had a damage control interview. They're talking about Bailey's loss at Extreme Rules and how she's going to defeat Candice LeRae later in the night. And then Jay Uso flags Roman down in the parking lot as he enters his car. He says he wants to talk about what happened earlier in the night, but Roman says Paul has a night out in uh, Manhattan planned for them or somewhere in New York. Uh, he wants Jay to stay, though. and says wherever Sammy goes, he goes now and to make sure he wins against Riddle. Solo Sokoa gets in the car with Roman as well. Roman says Solo's coming with him tonight, and Jay looks pissed. As they drive away. We'll get back to that. But first, Bailey versus Candice LeRae. And Candice gets a surprise roll-up pinfall here while weak, while Bailey was weak from the ladder match over the weekend. Damage control then run out and attack from behind. But Bianca makes the save. The numbers are too much, however. And damage control once again stand tall. First and foremost, shocked that Candice LeRae got a win over Bailey here. However, doesn't surprise me that necessarily that Bailey would be cool with this because Candace is a female wrestling legend. Uh, whether people give her that credit or not, she's done so much to advance the business in other ways that weren't necessarily on TV. And Candace rules, so it's awesome to see Bailey help get her over as she's on Raw. That's a big, big win to start her tenure with. And also, it's clearly the start to a War Games match. I got Dakota Kai on Add a Character this Wednesday, and obviously we're talking to the War Games master. She's been in all the women's ones. We're talking to the women's War Games master on the show this week, and obviously I'm talking to her about the potential of damage control being in that match. She tells us who she'd like to have join the team as well. Should they step inside cages but this is obviously where that begins i think we're getting bailey and damage control and someone else against bianca belair oscar alexa bliss and candace Lorray in the war games match so i think that's where this is going 
But, man, really cool to see Candice LeRae get this win. Like I said, big way for her to kind of start her tenure on the show and cool of Bailey to make that happen. Bailey really is doing such a fantastic job of of reinvigorating the women's division in every way she can. She deserves all the credit for for the what she's doing. It's been fantastic to watch and I'm loving it. Next we had Miz's birthday celebration with Maurice. Miz opens gifts given to him by Maurice and one on the table exposes Dexter Loomis's head underneath the table. Miz grabs a bat and tries to smash Loomis's head open. But Dexter quickly moves and appears behind Miz. Just that spot right there. The Miz did that so fast that it was impressive how quickly Dexter was able to move. Because Miz could have hurt him so bad with that bat. But it was a, a slick move from Dexter who locks Miz in that submission. And while wiggling around, Miz kicks Maurice into the cake. Then Miz gets out of the submission move and runs off to the back, leaving his wife alone. She then realizes this with a hair full of cake and runs off as well. Loomis grabs the knife. He pops one of Miz's balls. The crowd starts chanting to eat cake. So he cuts himself a piece of cake and he eats it. This was fun. Fun way of doing the Loomis character. And I've talked about... I've talked about how we, uh, how I would like to see a little bit of an advancement now in this story of some sort. It's been kind of the same. As entertaining as the Dexter Loomis stuff has been, we've kind of been getting the same note on it. Same level. Haven't really gotten any idea of why he's doing this to The Miz. Um, or a match or anything like that. And I'm glad that we finally got that because afterwards, DX are hyping up some local wrestlers and an angry Miz and Maurice approach them asking if they've seen Triple H because they've had it with Loomis. Sean, who we know works in NXT, says he knows Dexter and that Loomis wouldn't have done this if Miz hadn't done something to him first. Miz is so confused saying he hasn't. He has no idea what's happening. He just wants this to end. So Road Dog and HBK propose that Miz face Loomis next week. If Miz wins, Loomis is gone from WWE. But if Dexter wins, he gets a WWE contract. Miz accepts. So I'm glad that we finally got that. I, I think that that's at least something that gives us a little bit of advancement of this story. It's not just Dexter repeatedly uh, just attacking Miz from behind, going to his house, stalking him finally get to see a match i think with a wrestler uh, you need a match and loomis loomis has gone too long in this story without one so i'm I'm excited for that next week next we had almost winning a squash match over two local wrestlers and then the bray wyatt reveal is replayed man okay guys guys Okay, let me let me let you in on a little something something here. <laughs> I'll let you in on a little, little something something here. So I talked in previous podcasts about how my sister was getting married this weekend. Didn't think I was going to be able to watch the white wa- white rabbit. Who am I? The white rabbit reveal. Didn't think I was going to get to watch it live because I was at my sister's wedding. But thankfully, thankfully. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, the wedding happened, the, 
reception started. I did my speech. I nailed it. Nailed my speech. Was the closer of all the speeches. So there was a lot of pressure. <laughs> but I came through. I nailed my speech. And then I looked down at the clock. And I realized that, you know, I'd still been checking my phone throughout the night. And there had been no white white rabbit reveal. Oh, I'm saying that fast. I keep wanting to say white rabbit. Uh, white rabbit reveal had not yet happened. And I realized that I was going to get to watch it live. Yes. Oh, my God. I was so happy, guys. I had like, there was like 30 minutes left in the show. I, I, I was like, oh, hell yeah. I get to watch this. So when the last five minutes of the show was starting, I, I was keeping my eye on my phone. I was kind of like looking after that point. My sister said it was cool. <laughs> and uh, when I could tell the fight pit was coming to an end, Eric and I, my fiance, we walked away to a quiet corner. Crank up the sound. We hear, he's got the whole world in his hands. And I oh, I was so happy. Smile from ear to ear. Guys, Bray Wyatt is back. First and foremost, oh, I was happy I got to watch it. Secondly, the creatures looked awesome. They looked so cool. Huskus. Specifically, it was the coolest one. Pig Boy, come to life. I also liked Ramblin' Rabbit. Looked sketchy, like something you'd see in a horror movie. Sister Abigail had a sketchy vibe as well. I saw people saying that he was wearing that she was wearing a Bludgeon Brothers mask. Possibly a little shout out to Luke Harper, Brody Lee, R.I.P. And then we, you know, we see the, the the Firefly Funhouse in shambles, covered in cobwebs. All the all the puppets seem to be dead. And I think that what we were supposed to get from all this, you know, because then we see Bray Wyatt. He comes out in a new mask. He blows out the lantern, old school style, saying, "I'm here." And to me, when I saw this. What I got from watching this was that Bray Wyatt seems to have freed what was that whatever was going on in his mind, freed himself of whatever was going on in his mind. Whether he defeated the fiend and 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 and, and released those other people who were stuck in the funhouse, and that's that looked like I'm not sure. But to me, it felt like he defeated what was ever, whatever was in his mind and he was releasing it from his brain. And that's why they were no longer in there. That's why they were all cobwebbed out. That's why they were in the real world doing whatever. And now Bray Wyatt is once again himself. Because there's even like a video that plays later in the night on the show of Bray Wyatt. Um, and, and it's like kind of like the Who Killed the World video. And he says, I used to think that the prison inside my head was the only place I could ever truly be free. Revel in what you are. So I think that like he's almost saying like he did trap himself in his mind. But now he's freed himself of it because he realized that he can be himself and still be free. And I'm still almost wondering if we're going to get like a more normal version of Bray Wyatt rather than a gimmick. We're going to have to wait and see, obviously. But what I will say is this. 10 out of 10 return. 10 out of 10 return. You know, I put out there on Twitter afterwards. I, I asked 
I was drunk at a wedding, people. I asked if people thought that it was what top three return of all time. It was a very... Uh, what's the right word? It was a sh- crap show. I don't know if I could say S-word show on here, but it was a crap show, the replies. There were so many... A lot of arguing, a lot of people saying no, a lot of people saying yes, a lot of people saying number one. It's tough. That's a tough list to come up with. I will say this much. It ruled. I loved it. Has me engaged. Has me excited. Adds intrigue. Adds excitement. These are all things that we want out of pro wrestling. And Bray Wyatt is so creative that I'm just so excited to see where this goes i want to know like who's his first program gonna be with is he gonna be a heel is he gonna be a babyface? it seems like he's a smackdown superstar now the smackdown roster needed him more but they've already got an uber bad guy in roman reigns do we need another one is he gonna be a babyface? i don't know there's a lot going on here there's a lot to do i doubt he's gonna be a babyface, even though he's getting these monster reactions but I'm excited to hear the rest of the explanation. When he finally cuts a promo, it's going to be sick. So sick. But just as from what we've gotten strictly so far, huge fan. Loving it. White Rabbit stuff was fantastic. And the reveal was next level good. If you don't think top three, top five at least, in my opinion. Don't call me a mean name for saying that, though. We just have different opinions. <laughs> Next, we had Bobby Lashley in the ring, and he brags about all the big names he's defeated. And then he calls out Seth for their United States title match. But shocker, instead, Brock Lesnar walks out. I was close on my prediction. In my Extreme Rules predictions, I predicted that Brock Lesnar comes back to confront DC. No. Came back a few nights later on Monday Night Raw to confront Lashley, pick back up again on their feud. Brock gets on the mic like he's going to have a chat with Lashley, who is holding up the the United States title in his face. But instead, Brock just takes him out, and then he hits an F5 on Lashley and stands over him happily before locking in the Kimura lock. Whoa, sick. Brock Lesnar is back. You know, when I had Lashley on the show, he basically said that the match that he had with Roman Reigns was not the match that he wanted. I said Roman Reigns. The match that he had with Brock Lesnar was not the match that he wanted. He wanted something else. It was not the match that he had been asking for all this time. He felt like they could build it up better. There could be more to it. And now, with a new regime in charge, I'm interested to see if he gets that. It seems like we're going to get that. It seems like they're going to get their chance to really do this program right. And so far, Triple H has been doing a lot of things right since taking over as head of creative. I am excited for this. I'm pumped, dude. Like, if we're going to get, like, a real program out of this, real match, like, you know, the, 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 the have this be the way it should have been the first time, get the actual dream match that we had been looking for, that's great, man. Because right now... The, you know, Brock and Lashley, like, it was kind of, it was underwhelming. And it shouldn't have been. Now, we're doing it right, I think. I think Triple H is going to do it right. And I like that, that that he's back. You know, I'm guessing this is just for Crown Jewel and then he'll go away again. 
But it'll be interesting to see Brock Lesnar, um, Lashley, not in the way Vince would have imagined it, but in the way Triple H would have imagined it. I think it's going to be better. After the commercial break, WWE officials are urging Lashley to go to the back to handle his injuries from Brock. But Seth Rollins comes out anyways for their match. And Rollins, who is also, to his credit, suffering from injuries uh, in the fight, suffering from injuries that he had happened in the fight pit, uh, he yells at Lashley from the ring to give him his match. It's not working. Lashley is letting the medics tend to him, but then. Rollins comes in with the heater. He says, you said you were a fighting champion. You're supposed to be a soldier, but you're not. You're a disgrace to the U.S. title and a disgrace to your country. Ooh, dude. Obviously, this angers Lashley. He then accepts the match, telling the ref to ring the bell. And when he does, he rushes in for a spear. Rollins counters it into a pedigree. Doesn't work for the pin, so they continue to fight after that until Rollins finally hits the stomp. He then gets the crowd to sing his music and hits another one to get the win over Lashley. New champ, Seth freaking Rollins, just like I predicted. It just made sense. It just made sense when you're talking about, like, you know, strictly if you're looking at these if you're looking at superstars as you know valuable valuable commodities, you know when you lose, kind of like go down a tiny bit, depending on the situation. You know, value goes down like a tiny bit. Then if you win a title, it's gonna shoot back up, probably above where you were before that, and it all balances out. That's what ha- that's what happened here, and I think that Triple H does need a champion who's his figurehead on the on Raw right now. Like I've said multiple times on here, the fact that Roman Reigns has both world titles does make Raw have this like glaring weak point. And it's felt like Triple H has been trying to make up for that. But making the United States title feel important. But Seth Rollins is someone that you know Triple H values as a world champion. Did it in NXT with him early on. Has that faith. And Seth Rollins, and I just, for, for me, it, it looks like Seth Rollins will be treated as the show's champion with the United States Championship, and it's a, it is a solid consolation for Seth Rollins, too, who might not get to be the world champion right now, but is one of the highlights of Monday Night Raw, and is almost the anchor uh, to the top of the, of the card. So, I, I, I do understand uh, the, the the thought process behind putting the United States Championship on him. All right, now here's a little snippet of this week's Out of Character with guest Dakota Kai. Let's go back a little bit. Let's rewind a little bit to around April, uh, your NXT, right around the time before things ended for you in NXT. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about your run in NXT at that point? Like, were you looking for a change? I definitely was in a point at that, especially at that point, I think I was very much like I hit a wall, I guess. I mean, I had a new, you know, I had that character that sort of changed. So I was dealing with that for like a year and seeing how I could, you know, where I could take it. But I think I definitely was at a point in NXT where there wasn't really any 
thing further that I could do. You know, I've had a lot of shots at the NXT Women's Championship. I was in multiple tag teams. <laughs> I was with a lot of different people. And I loved all my experiences. You know, I loved being with Tegan and being paired with Raquel and being paired with Wendy and like all these different opportunities that I had to help elevate, you know, whoever I was with or learn from them. I think those were the times I look back on and I'm very grateful. But yeah, it, it, it definitely was at a point where I'm like, okay, you know, I, I just wanted to be pushed more you know I, I wanted a different challenge I wanted something I've been in NXT for a long time at that point and yeah that's kind of how I felt at the time but I always look back fondly with in terms of like telling those stories with those amazing women well you had yeah you had so many good stories in NXT you had yeah. and and over years time so it, it, it would make sense that you would hit a wall at a certain point and and want to try yeah. the, the next step is that when kind of like you start we're starting to do the dark matches and stuff I was doing the dark matches like end of last year. I okay. think, yeah, I, I started doing the dark matches de, de, like November, December or at the end of like okay. the tail end of last year. And that's when I was like, okay, maybe something's going to happen here. But yeah, I just ended up doing like about six or seven of them. It was a lot. And they were back to back to back to back. So Yeah, I, I remember that time period. And I, I think yeah. everyone kind of assumed that, that that was where it was yeah. leading towards, you know? I was told that. <laughs> Jeez. I was told I was going to be in the draft. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, you can imagine, okay, it's funny now that I look back at it. All yeah. right, it's all good. We can laugh at this. Yes. But I was sitting at home during the draft and I got told, I was like, that it was going to happen. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I wonder if they're going to tell me or just, I'll just, I'll just watch TV. I'll watch the show and see what happens. And then after the weekend's done and then I didn't hear anything, I was like, oh, maybe they changed their mind, I don't know. <laughs> and then I kind of just went and continued to do NXT, you know? Yeah. It was... Man. Man, that's tough, <laughs> It's dude. funny now that I think back. Yeah, I know. And, and it's it's fine. Like, it's, it is what it is. What it, is. <laughs> it could be worse. It you, is what it is. By Byron Saxton was on the show, and he said that when mm -hmm. he was in FCW, I think it still was, that he got a oh, call damn, yeah. saying that he was called up. And he was all excited. Yeah. And then it seemed to be just a prank that someone was messing with oh. him. And so oh. he never got word about after that. And it was just something that's always just like kind of weighed on him of like, what was that? Who was that? Yeah. Why did I think I was getting called up? Like what happened? Oh, that's yeah, I guess so. I mean, like, it's just very weird to like be told something and then, it, and not having, and, and then it didn't happen, but I never got a reason why. Crazy, crazy. Well, when the <laughs> I okay, I just kind of went to NXT on Tuesday and I just kept doing what I was. Well, no, it wasn't that I. I think after the draft, there was like a period of time where I wasn't there, and then I returned at like a, something to Raquel, you know, the shovel. <laughs> yes. Shovel in the back. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the face reveal. <laughs> well, okay. Let's well, to get serious for a second. Like when the call came and you found out that you were getting released, like what was mm -hmm. your reaction? Like, how were you feeling? Where was your head at? I feel like at that point in time, especially, I, it wasn't like a shock in the sense of like, what? Like, I think I was very much prepared. You kind of have to be, it's like a matter of if not when, or so, sorry, yeah, what? No. When not if, sorry. When not if, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 sorry, <laughs> duh, English. Um, so it was 
not a shock in that sense, but it was still uh, like, it was still a form of shock. Like when I got the call, obviously I was not expecting it, but I also was. It's a very weird mindset to be in. Like you, you kind of know that it's a thing that may happen, but you don't expect it ever. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like not ever, but on that day or whatever week it was, I just, you know, had the NXT Tag Team Championships with Rakao like not two weeks prior and then I just had a match for the NXT Women's Championship like that was my last NXT match so I guess it was yeah I don't really know how to explain it it was shocking but not I, I think my I, I was at a point where I think when it happened I kind of use that like time to sort of reset myself because I was at a point in NXT where I wasn't really sure what was going on. It was a very confusing time. So I, you know, during those few months away, I didn't necessarily take indie bookings or anything like that just because I think I, I've been doing this for a lot longer than people realize. Like I've been do like, re you know, I've been working since 2007 and then I was with the company from 2017. So it was just a nice time to sort of, be grateful for everything that sort of happened. Like I, it's easy to get stuck in like that negative mindset. And I am very much guilty of doing that. I mean, my anxiety just makes me all spiral a lot of times with anything. <laughs> like I am an overthinker. I, I do that a lot, but it was very much forced. I, I forced myself to look back and just take a break and actually you know, look at everything that I've accomplished, look at all the people that I've met, all the coaches and producers and everyone that I've worked with and sort of try and look at it from that perspective. It's very easy to spiral when something like that happens. Okay, so you have all that time in between. Mm -hmm. How soon do you hear from Triple H or whoever in WWE after he takes over as head of creative? I don't know the exact day. I think it was the Monday before SummerSlam that he was officially, I, I think. It sounds right. I think. It was less than a week. I think it was like the he, Friday before SummerSlam. Yeah, okay, the Friday before. I heard from him the Thursday before SummerSlam. So he wasn't in that role for like a week, quite. Yeah, no, I meant, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I meant he was, oh. the Monday you were talking about, he had started the Friday before that. So you had a whole week. So that makes sense, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's when I got the call from him. And it's very strange because obviously I wasn't taking bookings. I was just chilling, doing my streaming thing, just, you know, taking time for me. And Bailey texted me on Thursday and was just out of the blue. I mean, we talk, we text a lot, but this question was out of the blue. And she's like, hey, out of curiosity, like, are you talking to anyone right now in terms of uh, companies or anything like that? And I said, well, kind of, but... Um, I mean, why do you ask, you know, like, what is this question? And she said that she, in a last ditch attempt for this uh, idea that she had of a group, she said she, you know, text Hunter and kind of gave it like one last push before she, I don't know, gave, not gave up on it, but just, you know, moved on. Something else yeah. She returned. Yeah. And uh, I said like, oh, like uh, you're, you're, you're trying. I mean, I'm not with the company, but <laughs> I mean, like, I, 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 you know, you can, but I didn't, I guess I didn't know if that would be a thing that he would even, you know, look to contact me about, but 
sure enough, she texted him about the idea that we had. We filmed a bunch of like videos and took some photos and uh, she sent him the idea. And his first response after that was just like, what's Dakota doing? Which is very weird. Yay! That's so dope. I love it. That's so <laughs> That's awesome. So, it's so strange. Cause like when that, when she sent me the screenshot of it and, and she basically said, he's going to call you after the meeting. And sure yeah, he did like immediately. I was like a little bit dumbfounded because I never look at myself as like the guy I've always been my role within the company it was always like someone to help elevate you know or someone to just tell a story I've, I've never considered myself to be like a top guy so the fact that I was on his mind in terms of like that idea and the fact that I was like the first to call back after he, you know, got in control of the company and it was just very sh- words. I was shocked. Talk about that. Cause like, yeah, yeah I love it, dude. Like, cause you haven't, but I, I, you, I, I'm a huge fan of yours, but I can understand where your mindset is in that because you know, you, Helping with Shayna become tougher, yes. or you know, you help Raquel and look like more of a powerhouse. <laughs> I had my arm stomped on my first singles match on NXT, and that video of her stomping my arm haunted me for like two years. They would always put it, two years at least, they would always put it in all of her hype videos. And I'm just like, cool, man. Well, now you stomped like 20 girls' arms in between mine and now so like can we like freshen up the footage yeah but to be bit? fair you've done the same thing to tegan knox now she has to sit there True. and watch this yeah. video over and over again yeah, too you know what i yeah you're right <laughs> but i can understand okay. your mindset in that regard of being like you know I, you know i helped with making raquel more of a thing or i helped with this wendy stuff or i helped with but it was always kind of like helping and, and it was not you being the main like even now this is the longest run you've had with belts you know <laughs> and it's not even that long as soon as it hit like four days of being a champion, <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I'm going to uh, celebrate this. You know, it's it's a thing and we still have them. So yeah, good. <laughs> going to keep defending them as best we can. <laughs> so you filmed, you, you filmed stuff at the PC pri- with Bailey prior to your release in really? April? Yeah, yeah, we did. So this idea of a, um, a stable has been something she brought up to me probably around the second oh shoot it was a couple years it was like about two or three years where she first mentioned it to me and she mentioned that she wanted me to be a part of it like back then so earlier this year like before April um she obviously was out with injury but she wanted to come back to you know with something different something fresh and she you know we we went to the PC or she came to the PC. I was already there, but like we were taking pictures with the group of us that she wanted to like suggest to be a part of this. And that's when we did that and and some promo footage as well. And that's what we used to initially pitch before I was released as well. But I guess they didn't grasp, uh, you know, didn't go ahead with it. Uh, But now, yeah, it came back full circle. Weird. (laughs) Well, well, now you guys are the full like focal point of Monday Night Raw, which is pretty cool, man. (laughs) Like I watch it and I'm like, this is so cool. You go, you go from you saying like, oh, I don't feel like the guy to now being like one of the talents that is in multiple running segments throughout the show. You're getting main events right. of Raw. You guys are like, yeah. you guys are taking out Becky Lynch. Like you guys are, you guys <laughs> are like the running the yeah. show. It's great. I know. And it, it, it's definitely 
so ever since summer slam it's felt very much like non-stop and we haven't really had a time a chance to sort of really look at everything that we're doing because it's very much like go 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 um and i think we as a unit you know we have a lot of things to you know you can't just throw people together and just hope it works out but i think we have a great idea of where this is going and we 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 just have areas where we can continue to elevate us in terms of a working unit but it's been non-stop <laughs> i can imagine i can imagine uh, and yes dude usually you can feel when a team is forced together or yeah. doesn't feel authentic and mm -hmm. everything that you guys are doing feels so authentic like it feels you can feel that bailey you know you can the the, the reality and her words and what she wants to happen right. you know that you know you guys were overlooked before and now you're getting the opportunity and you can see that chip on your shoulder and it's, mm -hmm. and it's like, Oh yeah, what's up? Like we're here. And it's so it's, it's right. as, as a fan of all your guys, it's like, it's, it's very cool to watch. Uh, it's very cool to see. I think that, you know, yeah. I, I feel like in, in a year's time, I'm, I'm excited to see where, where you guys are, you know? I think we are too. And, and, and like you said, like we, I, I love those girls and being a part of a group with them within the company is amazing. Uh, it's so easy, but we, you know, we, we, as anyone, we still have areas to improve in terms of like being in a stable like that. But I think it's definitely looking up. I, I'm excited to see what happens uh, as we continue to evolve and adapt and all that jazz. You know, since you wanted to work with Bailey before, now you're getting the opportunity to do it. I know it's only been a short amount of time, but in mm -hmm. what ways has Bailey helped you in adapting to the main roster? Oh, she's, she is, before I, you know, while I was still on NXT, she's someone I always look to in terms of uh, being a great leader, uh, being on the main roster and, you know, helping other girls too. So, and not only that, she's obviously awesome in the ring her character is awesome too but as a person she's awesome so I knew that if I had the opportunity to work either with her against her anything like that it would be easy and I know that she would help guide me and help that transition from NXT to main roster be as uh, smooth as possible which she has she's continuing to help us out and help us get our feet because honestly since SummerSlam, it's def it's like I said, it's been nonstop and we haven't had a chance to sort of like just look at everything that we're doing. And so she definitely helps with that and she's continuing to help us with that. And yeah, she's awesome. She's dope. She's cool. She's brilliant. She's amazing. She's talented. She's everything. <laughs> Bailey is everything. She's a living legend. <laughs> no, but she's awesome. She's like such a yeah such an awesome leader yeah at SummerSlam, i i got to do backstage interviews for the first time and they were like they were not like in a bad way but they were definitely like keeping me to certain areas at times <laughs> and i was thinking to myself like i wonder if what? this is because someone's coming back like i like this is my first time so i had nothing to compare it to but i was like i don't know yeah. I wonder if they don't want me to see something over in that area or like i don't know you know and because it was early in the show and and I was like, mm. and I was like, uh, in my mind, I went, I bet Bailey's coming back. Like, I bet Bailey's oh, coming back, and that's right. what it is. But it was fun. So I was like, when Bailey comes out, I'm like, oh, cool. And then when you guys come out, I'm just like, oh my god, like, oh my god. Like, but what, yeah. about, what emotions were going through your body when that surprise during that surprise entrance? That 
I think for me, because I literally, so I say that like Hunter contacted me on the Thursday before SummerSlam, but I didn't get any indication other than like, yeah, we're looking to get you back at some point. I didn't know when. I was like, cool, that's awesome. I have time to like, you know, get gear and do stuff. And literally the next day I get a call and he's like, okay, we're flying you out tomorrow morning for SummerSlam. Like, can you sign this contract real quick? I was like, oh, ah, okay. So then by the time SummerSlam comes around the next day, I think when the entrance happened, and that whole day was such a blur too. I mean, we were just chilling in a bus with the blacked out windows and um, we got to have the cool, like, <laughs> well, it wasn't cool because it was hot, but we had to be like covered in these like sweat pants and sweat and hoodies. So that was like a thing. And we got to we had to be carted from the bus in a golf cart, like all the way to Gorilla, which I've never had that experience before, which is so cool. And I remember like we were riding on the golf, uh, the golf cart to Gorilla and I see Champa and he sees me and he has this big smile on his face. He's like, as we're driving past, he's just like, ah, <laughs> like, I don't know if anyone else saw, but he definitely like caught a glimpse of my, my pink in my hair and the entrance happened and it was, it's so weird because I still feel like within myself, I was not used to being like my mindset and everything being back in the car. I was just like, still, I mean, it was less than 24 hours. I just, just so baffled. So when I made my entrance, I was like, Oh, this is a thing that's like real. This isn't a dream. This is such a dream like scenario to happen, to make a return at SummerSlam with two amazing people and be inserted right at that top storyline with Bianca and Becky. It was, uh, yeah, it was insane. Yeah, I can imagine. And you're like the first returning talent that like wasn't still under contract. You started like a wave <laughs> of, of people coming in after you, you know? That's so weird. Like, and like I said before, just being the first of the returns or callbacks or whatever is so strange to me. Like I said, I don't see myself in that light, but it is a very cool feeling, yeah. You're literally gonna be like a history question forever, you know, <laughs> of like, because really like that to me, you know, I think that, because like we said, I think it was Friday, there wasn't any huge changes, yeah. but there was minor changes like Monday and SmackDown on Friday, but then like that pay-per-view was really like the the beginning of what it felt like of like the Triple H era. And you kind of kicked it off in, with your return. So like, I do feel like, you know, you're definitely like a footnote uh, of, of history there. And on top of that, you know, when Johnny Gargano was on the show, he talked about mm. feeling vindicated during his entrance because there was this huge pop. And for so mm. long, you know, it was said that the main roster audience uh, wouldn't already be familiar with the popular NXT stars. Um, and I kind of yeah. feel like for you, it was the same way. I feel like where it was like, oh, they're not going to know who these people are. And then your music hits, your name comes up and the place goes nuts. <laughs> yeah, I, it was it, I, like you said, it's like it's hard to see how talent from NXT make that transition to main roster and how they'll react. Like, um, but it was I think I feel like the reaction was more of like, huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? Even like commentary was like wait <laughs> so I don't know I don't remember exactly what they said but they're like what is she doing here she's not with the wasn't exact words but like she's not meant to be here with the company you know what I mean like something like that um so it was a, a it was like a mixture of that and then 
uh, yeah, I was very grateful for that moment. That was a very, uh, I don't know, like you said, it vindicated a lot of things. And I think returning in that environment and with those people and with Hunter in charge, uh, it was a very, like, I was very grateful for that moment, yeah. Lastly, here's a brief portion of the SmackDown Roundup. We had Ricochet, Sheamus, and Solo Sokoa make their entrances for the Fatal 4-Way main event to determine a number one contender to the IC title. And then uh, since Karrion Cross can't make it, his replacement is announced as new SmackDown superstar, Rey Mysterio. It turns out that Rey took a deal from Triple H to switch shows so he could get away from Dominic and Judgment Day. And one thing that stood out to me here was just how Solo really didn't feel too out of place against all these guys, despite not having the same amount of experience or years in WWE as everyone else, um, which that, that's cool. At one point, Sheamus had, a, had Solo in the Cloverleaf, but Jey Uso and Sammy ran in the ring to help out their fellow member of the Bloodline. Jay and Sammy then pounced on Sheamus ringside, which prompted brawling brutes to run out and save him this left ricochet and ray in the match alone and ray hit a wild reverse tombstone looking move as a setup for the 619 and the win all right now there's a lot to spit out there uh about that match but um i i i like I like that, you know, the the work rate title is getting built up as such again. These are all Ricochet, Sheamus, Rey Mysterio, um, work rate guys. Guys that, you know, kill it in the ring. Guys that are workhorses. You know, guys that put on bangers when called upon to put on bangers. So, I liked seeing all these guys in a match together. And I like Rey being on SmackDown now. I think that... I wasn't disliking the Dominic Ray stuff, but I think kind of like I, how I had been saying already, like the Judgment Day had been kind of doing the same thing with the same people for a long time. And after they, you know, handle the Beth uh, Edge thing and they kind of finally have that one last match or maybe we get, I'm, I don't know. Once they finally finish this Edge stuff, um... There, I'm, I need to see something new from them. And I felt like Ray was kind of making it feel the same for months or for however long it was, weeks. I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm okay with, with Ray and Dominic kind of being split up now and Dominic kind of becoming his own superstar and moving away from the Ray feud for a little bit so that he can kind of feel more comfortable on a show without his dad for a while, and then they can, you know, reconvene and, and, and face each other at WrestleMania down the line. I don't see anything wrong with that. Also, dude, Ray versus Gunther, that's going to be awesome. That's a dream match that I didn't know I wanted, but geez, Gunther just chopping the hell out of Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio reversing his powerbomb into a 619. It's all going to be awesome. I'm super into that. It's going to be a weird clash of styles but I love that for the intercontinental title I also do believe that we needed more baby faces at the top of the card 
on SmackDown. I felt like we were a bit, there was a bit of a void uh, in that part of the roster, and Rey Mysterio does fill that. Give me, I, I'm, I'm also just like a Rey Mysterio, Mark, whatever, sue me. <laughs> also, I really think that uh, I, I, I have this like weird feeling, I shouldn't say weird, I have a feeling that Roman, that after Logan Paul, Roman's next challenger for the titles is going to be Sheamus. They're baby faces now, the brawling brutes, and they're already setting things up with the bloodline. We had the fight here with with Sheamus and, and then uh, the Sammy and Jay and then Solo getting involved and the brawling brutes coming out. We're already slowly building towards it. And Sheamus versus Roman Reigns is one of those matches that we haven't seen with since Roman has become the head of the table. Sheamus is a former world champ. Like I said, banger after banger after banger. It's time. It's time for that match. And Sheamus is red hot right now. Didn't win the IC title. So what better way as a consolation of that? Put him in a world title program with the head of the table. All right, that's it. We're done here. I'm officially tapping out. We'll be back Monday night with another Raw Roundup. And then on Wednesday, we've got Candice LeRae on Out of Character. You're not going to want to miss it. Until then, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been another Best of the Week.